Welcome to Amplified Radio. My name's Ellie, and we're uh, broadcasting from Amplified Studios here in Carlsbad. Amplified Studios is a recording studio rehearsal joint. Uh, we do videos and artist development, kind of like low-key, though. Um, still in the works. Yeah, still in the works. And yeah, today I'm here with Mark and Bill. What's up? How you doing? Total strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the Where are you guys coat. from? Um, yeah, no, we're all in a band together. Um, and today I thought we could talk about nightmare gig scenarios and also nightmare studio scenarios. Let's just like get really negative Yeah, about right. both. All right. I actually remembered one, not the one I was talking about, but I definitely had a drummer not show up for the five week like final gig. And Wait, the one that you were that we have a picture of of us outside? No, that was the big one. But I was in like three ensembles, oh, and that's right. the the Latin jazz fusion one. <laughs> oh, no, uh, not important at all. Enzo was his name. He didn't make it to David Friend Recital Hall. He he went somewhere else. Showed up when we were done. Oh my god! So oh, it was it wasn't god. even on purpose. No, it was it was on accident. He he wanted to be there, and we really needed him to be there. <laughs> it was so tricky. The ensemble leader, who was a trumpet player, was obviously like, "It's fine. I'll just play these congas, and it's gonna be fine." Oh and it wasn't. Um, so that was one in particular that came to mind. And then, of course, Gods and Kings. What happened? Uh, we were trying to make money playing music. This was like shortly after we moved to San Diego, and we were. Um, I, I it took me a while to for, to forgive Bill for this one. Bill <laughs> basically accepted a, a Craigslist ad on both of our behalfs to back up this guy at a show at the Bar Pink. Shout out to the Bar Pink, which is now closed down. Rip. R.I.P. Um, great venue in North Park where uh where we used to both live near. Uh, I still live there. But anyways, this guy was gonna play there and he needed a rhythm section and Bill just said yes. Before checking out the music, wait! Oh my gosh, what was yeah. the music? It was uh, it was, well. I feel bad bashing this guy. He's not gonna hear this though. But yeah, he. It was just like yeah, we did just say his band name on the fucking thing. I don't. You know. did. <laughs> we'll add a bleep and I'll have post. To, can yeah. you do that? No. 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 <laughs> We're gonna okay. keep. We it need in. the drama. Yeah, but anyways, um, he wasn't that good, and Bill. What was already, the style? Huh? What was the style? I can't tell you. Just like grungy. Oh. oh, so it sounds like Cope. No, yeah. it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> It's basically Cope. But yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, we basically showed up, played with our heads down for 30 minutes and then left with the money. I wore a hat. Yeah, me too. But, oh my God, to cover your face? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. There's like, no, it was bad. Like there's pictures of like, and Maddie came and I was, I, I begged her not to come and she came even though we live like two blocks down the street from the venue. Dude, it was like, it was that bad. It was, I was our like, debut performance, was just like, us two. We'd played in San Diego with Cliff years before, but since we had moved, it was like our first time playing out, I think. It was our first time playing at, um, I think it's our first and only time we ever played at Bar Pink too, yeah. which, yeah. But I remember it was our first thing and people were excited and I remember like some pretty girls coming and and then just being like, oh no, oh. this is not an ideal situation. No. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He looked amazing though. I have to say he was wearing this like mesh top and 
leather pants. He looked killer. He's very excited. It's unfortunate, but yeah, it, was, it just wasn't for us, and we we got out of that pretty quick. Yeah, it was oh just a little God. clash of styles. That's all. <laughs> a little bit. God. What about you? Uh, the one that comes to mind is in Montreal. Um, when I was on like a little East Coast number with proto version of Cope, um, we were playing. We were doing two separate gigs. One was a house show that was not themed, and the other one was a house show that was themed towards one of my best friend Sasha's birthdays. So they were both in like either houses or actually I think they were both in apartments. But the apartments in Montreal, it's not like complexes. It's like more like a brownstone, but it's like two oh, stories. Okay. So it wasn't. It was doable if you talk to the neighbors or whatever. Yeah. But we show up. And Sour Widows, we were playing with Sour Widows, and they did their set. Um, and we were, like, about to set up, and we were beat. Like, Montreal was our last city. We'd been on tour for, like, 10 days straight, like, a show every night, which I'm not doing tour that way again, oh if, if I can help it. A show every night is really hard. <laughs> it is. Um, especially when you don't have a crew. You're just loading up a yeah. rental Well, no car. driver. Yeah, you can do two or three of those, right. and then it gets it gets tricky. No, it was, it was too much, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're in Montreal. And it's Sasha's birthday. All of her friends are there. We're having the time of our lives. Sour Widows play. And they, the set that they were doing, it was just two two guitars. They didn't have backlined, really. They were just like playing guitar and singing. Uh -huh. um, and then Cope was supposed to play. And everyone was like, can we just do karaoke? And everybody was all like drunk. And everyone's like, I just want to, I want to do karaoke. Oh, no. And I was like yeah i mean like i mean at a house show it's not like there there's no like event planner that's like no we're doing this show like you know yeah, what i mean like it was definitely more democratic like if people wanted to do karaoke like that's they were it. just gonna do karaoke and so i was just like okay and then everybody just did like a bunch of pop punk covers yeah on youtube we got a projector and they just projected YouTube karaoke videos wow where were you coming from to montreal vermont it's a long drive. Yeah, so we got to Montreal, and that was the first night we were there. It was Sasha's oh, birthday. So you drove up. Oh, there. but you still had another show in Montreal. Yeah, we had the and the next night we'd played a more like solid. Yeah. I mean that event. that does suck, but at least that wasn't your only show in Montreal. You didn't say, even need to leave from Vermont. Drive all the way up there for karaoke. Yeah, and I think I'm like dramatizing it a little bit. Like there was room for questioning whether or not we were going to actually play. <laughs> like there was like a little bit of like are we playing? And then yeah. everyone like after Sour Widows which is very mellow music, or at least their set at the time was very mellow. Everyone's like, oh, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> let's ramp this shit up with some karaoke. And I was like, all right, bye. It was a good night, though. It was just shitty because I really wanted to play. I wanted people to hear the music. I'm very sorry. And then fine. studio horror stories. I interned at a studio in Boston. I heard a lot of stories. I didn't witness a lot of them. There's just classic ones where like a band is like spending a lot of money to record one song and they can't get it done they just can't like they keep messing up or something they keep needing more takes yeah and like, they yeah. get noticeably like more stressed out and like mm -hmm. worse mm -hmm. like by that it's all mind games i've seen a lot of that and then i heard the story of like this husband and wife came in who basically like almost got divorced by the end of the session oh my god i relate he, to that yeah the guy the guy was just like uh, I cue good Boston accent. He was like, "We're paying, we're paying sixty bucks for you to sound like garbage, like, <laughs> oh <laughs> like stuff gosh. like that." Yeah, um, but yeah, that's, that's. Oh my god, he said that to his wife. 
that's what the engineer that was running it told me. They're different out there in the East Coast. That doesn't, you know. Yeah. No, they, like say, they say it how it is while also saying it how it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I believe it's the harsh. story, though. I believe the story because I got it from a good source. It's so crazy. Yeah. And I could see it. I can see that happening, too. <laughs> One time doing a, a Sons 11 session, I... Uh, like open my base to like run some parts open the case before and it's definitely missing a screw oh. in the bridge and like the way it's set you know there's some components on a guitar or a bass where the tension of the string will hold something mm -hmm. in place and it was but i didn't realize it wasn't there until that moment and i'm freaking <laughs> out and i was able to get the screw off of their their garbage bit you know that base they had that was what? like they had a base was this, there. Where was this? This was in their garage or in their basement like the night before we were oh, going to go to the studio shit. early morning. Was this the first trip? Second trip? I don't know. But okay. I, my Warwick was out of commission. I know that because I brought my white fender. Dude, I don't remember any of this. And um, yeah, I opened it up. It's like, that's missing. I'm freaking out. It's late night. We got the studio early the next morning. Oh I'm running around the basement. They got this little Ibanez bass that's got a fat chunk out of the fretboard, like completely unplayable. It's done. Yeah. I'm like, I need that. <laughs> so I get my screwdriver. I just take I the piece out. I never knew. Well, you, I told Connor. It's not a secret or anything, but yeah, had to be done. I was, I was pretty freaking out. You kept it together. Another one you could tell, I'll just preface it and let you take it, is... There was some, I was in the middle of some deep emotional turmoil relationship-wise that was all my fault mm. before this oh. one show in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill got a little out of control. Basically, and oh, Was that the one where you were shwasty? It wasn't shwasty. Yeah, was it was shwasty's putting it lightly. Um, basically, oh. me and Bill, more so Bill, we both had pretty uh, emotional days that day. And Bill, um, yeah, Bill let out his frustration, and unfortunately, uh, it was before the show, and I had to have my monitor turned off that show because it was intense. <laughs> it was a lot coming through in the bass frequencies. Full blackout. Like, yeah. Absolutely no details on my end about what being on stage was like, but I can tell you that... It was a learning experience, though. Well, I had no plans to drink because that beer that was in the green room was in the green room and I had no idea it was going to be there, but it was. And it was the Hootie and the Blowfish collaboration beer that that brewery was doing in Tampa. Oh, well, that's something I didn't know. So I didn't walk in with a bottle or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just bad placement. <laughs> you know, so I was actually say, innocent. You in know, all of this. musicians like they, they have a lot of them are notorious and people like past judgment like there's a stereotype all musicians are like addicts in some way but you got to admit though there's a lot of facilitating going on on the venues part anyway that's all i'll say about that but that's one example <laughs> yeah it was a rough night yeah but we made it through and you know you it never happened again so it's kind of like yeah, sometimes you like it, that, it just takes yeah. one sometimes yeah no i feel like it takes one for you like a lot like you're not one of the people that i see like make the same mistake over and over yeah like a, it's like a once and never again yeah, yeah. you don't want to waste the so, time hey you can laugh about it yeah it's got to feel good. I'm still, I don't know if I can laugh about my studio yeah, sorry, horror story. I'm sorry, Ellie, if this doesn't translate. But. No, no, no. My, it, it does. So my, my worst studio experience was um, basically, long story short, we were recording like four days a week for two weeks. 
full days trying to do the debut album um, in this amazing studio in Brooklyn, actually. I forget what it was called, but um, I don't even know if it had a name. It was in one of those big warehouse buildings, but it was so beautiful and it sounded amazing in there. And the guy was like cutting me this insane deal. He was doing like $100 a day wow. to record because he like his friend on the studio just wanted 100 bucks a day. He's a great engineer. Everything was set up and the band was so stoked and I was in a mood and it was literally like survivor for the band that was there and I don't say that with pride like I say that with like regret and some shame like Mm -hmm. but I basically picked off the band one by one started with the saxophone player that was like day three uh day five of recording drummer fired and um last day fired the bassist um and then I came in to do some rough mixing and then I fired the engineer during the mixing session. Oh, wow. And then the assistant engineer was giving me a ride home and I looked at him, I'm like, I'm never doing music again. Yeah. I can't, no one's good enough. Like all of this stuff, I was such a, I just was like, I was very young, you know, yeah. I was like an egomaniac. Looking back, I was completely insane. Like that is an insane approach to people that are showing up to just help me out. Yeah. Like I'm getting the deal of my life. The band's there for free. They're all my best friends. One of them's my roommate. That was awkward. But you don't realize it back then when it's happening and especially when when you're young and you don't have that perspective. Yeah, no, my nightmare session was because I was a nightmare, unfortunately. <laughs> it sounds kind of awesome. Like, I, I, That's God, it was a, so bad. It was so bad. And like, make a great movie someday. Exactly. You oh, read God, we're going to skip that part in the memoirs for sure. No, it's a, it's a relevant moment, though, because it was the first time since I was like eight years old where I seriously considered never doing music again. Mm. And then I, I, um, I got my head right, you know? That was when I, that was rock bottom in terms of like my mental stuff that was holding me back from like, I don't know, really organizing my life in a way where I could do music. Mm. Like, and then I listened to those recordings. Actually, you guys have heard some of those demos. They're so good. They sounded so good. I was being so horrible. Like, it, but what you said earlier about the mind games, it's just like contagious. Yeah. Like, you, and yeah, you can't do, it's hard because when you're paying for something while that's happening, yep. You can't just be like, oh, let's take a break or step back. Like, yep. people are more enticed to like power through it, and that just makes it so much worse most of the time, ninety percent of the time. It just pretty much every time. Yeah, it's so hard though because there's something so per- like a show is different. If I if I mess up a show, I walk away. I'm like, damn. Wake up the next morning, slept like a baby, right? Oh, really? <laughs> if I release something that sounds, which I've only done a handful of times, I'm pretty careful about what I what I release. Like yeah. I'm very I'm very perfectionistic with that. Um, but with the show, it's like you can only get it so close, and then there's a ton of unknown variables. True. And you're just gonna like hope for the best and prepare as much as you can. True. But a recording, like you control every variable, and yeah. that really stresses me out sometimes. Because uh-huh. I'm like, well, if I can do it all right, it has to, it can be perfect. So yeah. why wouldn't it be? And the very stressful reality of the fact that people don't care how long it took you or what you put into it. No. Only, the only thing that matters is what they're hearing. And only they only care for 30 seconds. If it, they, if it plays longer than 30 seconds, a lot of times it was on accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Today, yeah, I don't it's know. hard. The attention spam has gone down. The average att- attention spam has gone way down. Yeah. Yeah, no, so it's it's hard, but you got to make those mistakes though, I feel like. I mean, rather it's that mistake or some something other some other thing that's costly. It's unfortunately and sometimes fortunately for some people, it's just something that has to happen. And yeah, that was a one and done. I I will never do that again. Well, that's the thing. You, yeah, like, I will never do that both again. Both of you you guys' stories, the common point is that 
you don't want to go there again and you yeah. and you're conscious of it unfortunately not everybody is i feel like mark's our therapist but yeah. <laughs> we're lucky to like i don't know <laughs> we're lucky the reason that those mistakes have happened and it, and it feels like a long time ago is kind of because we've been doing this i mean for our age and for what we're doing we've been out there yeah we're just when'd, you play, when'd you play your first gig bill first gig ever not an open mic like you were booked um is that in high school no that was i was probably in seventh grade with derek and we did uh uc davis picnic day that's amazing. is that middle school yeah, yeah. it's middle school okay. what about you mark when was your first gig i was 12 yeah yeah so it's middle school same situation yeah uh it was it was through like an association that like brought kids together to play mm -hmm. But it wasn't an open mic. It was like it was a at gig. a venue yeah. with a bar. Oh. So. Well, I guess in France it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, the drinking age is eighteen. If France, they, the drinking age is eighteen. Yeah. Oh, I thought if it was they, like fourteen. If, if they ask. Huh. Oh, if they ask. Yeah. That's the major detail. Yeah. They're not required to they don't, ask. They don't always ask. Right. Right. They usually don't. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. My first gig was probably middle school maybe fifth grade they used to have these like fairs because in california i don't know if you know this mark in california like music isn't funded by the state generally like there's a few towns where it is but there are all of these there's these like third-party nonprofit organizations in california that fund the music program oh, really? so the music teachers and the instruments and like all of that actually isn't funded by california as a state they're oh. funded by like parents donating every year to an outside organization that funds me because education is so underfunded yeah. in this state. Same with theater. Theater and music and sometimes even libraries are funded by third parties. So do you think on the East Coast there's more funding towards those things? In the Midwest there is. I was talking to Sheridan, my girlfriend who has a, she grew up in Iowa and she was telling me about her music program and all that it offered. And I was like, oh, so you, like the parents were like paying for it. And she was like, no, the state did. I was like, what? A lot of times in high school. It's all because of rent. Every every year, for sure, a couple of times a year, if you were in the music program, you would have to go to City Hall with Mrs. Delgado. And <laughs> you would and you would have to, they'd be having a city hall, like an open city hall thing about where money's going and where grants are going and everything. Mm -hmm. You would have to go and like go up and talk at the thing and like get your 30 seconds to say why you need it. And then Delgado would always come on last and she's a crier. Oh, that's so, good. So she would always be like, like, you're withholding a beautiful opportunity from these children. Oh, my god, Full gosh. tears. And that's a hero sad. right there. It is fucking sad. So we yeah. have to do that all the time to go get our money. And like, like, uh, low-key, it was organized sometimes like protests. We'd mm -hmm. come with signs and everything. Um, and we, I remember the worst one is like, we thought we got this grant and then it got frozen. And it was just such a bad situation. We didn't have a, we had tuba players in the band, but no tubas. So it was fucked. Oh, and uh, I know music is expensive. And at the same time, like it's such a bold move to be like, music is expensive and therefore optional. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, what? What? Yeah. Like I'll I would have to pay to be in the, in certain music programs in middle school. I would have to pay to be in the play. It was like $500 to do the play because the, it, you had to pay the director and the, the government wasn't paying yeah, the director. Or, or, or yeah, and the costumes and all that comes along with it, renting out the venue, whatever, like just craziness. That's weird. And California is such a artsy, fartsy kind of state. I feel like they would, they would fund that stuff. Well, you'd think that, but it was, think about 
our governor for when Bill and I were growing up. It was Schwarzenegger, which I, like regardless of how you feel about him, he did not want to fund the arts. Yeah. That w- he made that really clear. That was like a big part of his campaigning and like criticism against him. Yeah. Was that he was he was cutting funding for schools like his whole term. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Mhm. Copying uh copying sheet music that says do not copy oh yeah because they couldn't you yep. can't afford all the copies so you just buy one and just... also bill how doesn't the word budget cut just like hit different <laughs> like the cut. budget cut was like a buzzword when i was in middle school oh really oh my god like i had a lot to say as a 10 year old about budget cuts really <laughs> only only bad things because i was a musician like I, I don't know. We've all been playing music since we were I kids. I mean, so. if there's anything we've learned from the past couple of years is that music is the first thing to go when people start to think about what is essential. Which is ironic because, hey, yeah, when's the true. last time you went a full day without listening to music? You can you can ask that to anybody, too. I know. That's what's crazy. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, Actually, there are a few people. Be. There's a few people who do not really listen to music yeah well let them not you know (laughs) that's their thing it's like people who say i don't drink water it's like you're not gonna be here long (laughs) i don't drink water yeah you do barely you had some at my house yesterday (laughs) yeah because i needed ibuprofen (laughs) i did a swig and you over poured the glass i dumped yeah because i could tell you don't drink enough water what is it my is it my dry skin no well if i said yes would it help (laughs) no um all right we'll do an am i the asshole okay Yes. So, am I the asshole? The premise of the game or the convo is I'm going to lay out a scenario from Reddit related to music, and we're going to discuss whether this guy's an asshole. Um, context: I, male, third. Oh, the t- title. Sorry. Am I the asshole for not wanting to fully support my wife's music career? Context: I, male, wow. thirty, have been married to my wife, female, thirty-seven, for about six years. We got married quickly due to me being active duty, and she ended up pregnant soon after. Marriage goes on, another beautiful baby, etc. But the entire time, one issue for me persists: her music career. My wife is a trained opera singer and very disgruntled that she had to give up consistently gigging to raise the kids. Due to the fact that singers often charge as contractors, we get hit heavily on taxes for her music, which often pays relatively low, 80-ish pre-tax for about three to four hours. She would often book gigs even on the days when I was port and starboard duty, leaving me with the kids after what was essentially a 36-hour long workday. Recently, she booked a show, which I was happy for for her about the show ended up taking place over three months with my wife driving about 25 miles each way with a five dollar toll one way wow this is really budgeted yeah it also paid a total of three hundred dollars and my wife was gone from the time i got off work until 11 30 to midnight most nights she also made sure to go out and eat after every show with her friends oh my god this oh, guy's wow. insane okay yeah when i argued about this i was told that i just don't care about her happiness and she deserved to be able to perform because she had watched my kids while i was deployed she also gets mad and says i just don't want to watch my own kids which i guess is fair the music <laughs> has gone to the point of us needing to pick our next house based around her being able to perform as i've gotten to work from home job this will put us in a city or a small suburb which i've repeatedly expressed is i'm not interested in she also argues that i was aware she was a singer and should have been prepared for this i don't know i feel like i both am and am not the asshole you can't just marry people (laughs) because you're in the military like take a beat like if you just didn't get married so fast this would have like presented itself and you would have been like oh yeah it's not gonna work i gotta agree with bill to an extent it seems like there's a lot of poor planning on both ends because you got yeah you gotta do a lot of stuff 
when you're performing, but like the the military is pretty intense too. So I don't know. I don't see how neither side thought that through. I think they're both assholes. And then the <laughs> secondary part is once you have kids, your kids gotta be your priority. So yeah. your kids, right? They have to. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if you can't make no, it work, should. then you gotta do something else and 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 you know raise the kids. Mm. Uh, and the fact that they don't have the same kids together, it sounds like there's tension about no, that too. I think too. they do. No, doesn't she? No, she. She just. No, I no, think no. That's they're, her they're, way they're, of saying. Yeah, it. no, no, no. They're they're. Uh, I both thought of their my dad kids. says okay. the same thing when my sister does something messed up. My dad will look at my mom. And be like, that's your daughter. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. So that's what they're saying. Oh, that's what you say. Okay, I thought um, it was from a separate marriage. No, same kids. It's you just get married too fast, and that's gonna happen. Yeah. I think they're both assholes and the kid and the kid's not fair. I don't know. I feel like (laughs) not the kid. I'm not, I'm not about to talk about the kid. I feel like, uh, I feel like he's probably more of the asshole than her. Um, just in the sense that like, Oh, this is going to come across so bad. Yeah. Go for it. Like, I'm not trying to be like freaking like, all up in his business about his money and shit, but like you gotta have some weird amount of resentment to go on Reddit and start talking about her $5 toll each way. You know what I mean? And like, I get that like that is significant. It adds up and like, he's trying to make his point or whatever, but I'm like, damn, like $5 for your wife to feel fulfilled, to drive 25 miles with however much gas is per gallon where this person lives, pay the $5 toll. Like, yeah, like, you know, it's shitty to budget in. And also like, that's kind of cheap happiness. Yeah. like. I don't know. I That's feel like true. he's making it out to seem like this career in music is the most expensive like thing that she could be doing. I'm like, this is a cheap ass hobby compared to like other musicians I know. For sure. Like, no gear. Yeah, no gear. Yeah. She's a singer. She just shows up. Maybe and gets belts. a microphone. She's got to drive. Yeah, and it's good for her for reporting gigs on taxes. I don't know many musicians that do that. Yeah, but, she's you know, more good legit. Yeah, she's more legit than a lot of people. I don't know. The whole thing. I'm just like on paper. <laughs> Like it could be so much worse, dude. You yeah, could be yeah. dealing. You could be dealing with like a much more expensive musical ha- hobby than yeah. you know singing opera. And they're like, wait, they're she's in her late thirties, like yeah, she's in yeah, her late thirties. I feel like when you're that age, it's not like you're touring. You're in the mood to like tour constantly and always be away anyway. It's like she's she's probably he's just looking really mellowed her, out already. Her restaurant gigs, yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel, it isn't cool to bring up money in that way. Like, if they're hurting, they're hurting. And, like, he's valid and being concerned about the finances. I think it's just, like, getting super specific in the thing. I was like, damn, you got a lot of resentment, dude. a little too petty. A little too salty. Yeah, it's a little bit, like, Yeah. I get you're trying to make the point, but I'm actually starting to side with her with the amount of detail. Asshole. Beep. Yeah. 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 To answer him. To answer to answer the question, he is an asshole, but she has she has some assholery going on as well. Some asshole like qualities. Yes, but he's the asshole. Yeah, the the main one. It's the marriage. <laughs> too fast. <laughs> too much. Too young. Too fast. Remember that band? That sound like ACDC, but they weren't. Who was it? Airborne. You already. I know. never heard that song. But you I, already I know, that know that's how people describe them. Yes. There's like all of these other things at the end. So he did the initial like, am I the asshole? <laughs> and then there's all these edits. A PS. So it says edit 
for those of you who are curious, I am indeed the asshole. <laughs> oh my God, wait, we had to have, we should have read these. Edit two. All right, y'all, I've got some working on myself to do, but oh I knew that God. coming in. This is going to sound whiny, but some of y'all are a little mean, so I'm going to take a break uh. for a while. I guess this went viral or something. Also, if you decided to look at my other posts, um, upvote the bug. He's my third favorite little. Okay, I don't even know what that means. Edit three. Thank you for being nice to the bug. Okay, this is getting <laughs> so strange. You're going down. You're going too far down the rabbit hole. Okay, this guy actually went and read through it, which takes a lot of courage. But I guess that's why he posted in the first place. Yeah. Poor guy. He had to read through probably so much stuff, and he's Y'all like, "You're a little mean." Well, at least he's anonymous. Now I feel bad. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> is he? He's she's fine. gonna find out dude it's all right if he's not ellie's gonna find out that's so crazy oh my god this okay. this podcast should just be an evening with cope or an afternoon with cope it'd be cool to Amplified. get someone in here to ask questions though what to me i'm supposed to be the one interviewing no oh, we're just nice. we're just we're just asking who should who should ask us questions ourselves we're asking ourselves questions dip <laughs> we should get dippler that would be cool i would love to interview him we'll bring him in next week yeah dippler's working hard right now on some cool stuff on his tiktok and well he'll be able yes he's working very hard on tiktok and seeing almost immediate results and he's also working on uh a yeah. live situation. Talk this TikTok is really good. Well, I like almost all of them, not just because he's my friend, but because if I were to just see that, I'd think it was funny. They're, they're getting really funny. There's an amplified uh, reel or TikTok that was so funny. It wasn't either of you guys, though. It was some guy, or maybe not. I don't know who it was, but it was someone telling you how to mic an acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah, that that's 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 not us. That's um. Thank some, you. Though. Somebody made that, but it's yeah. Oh, we reposted, reposted it. it. Yeah, yeah. We credited the creator in yeah. the post, but you didn't read you know, the condenser know. microphone. <laughs> yeah, throw well, it sorry. away or whatever. Sorry, it wasn't you. Well, hey, thank you for that praise on what we didn't make. Anyways. All right, thank you for joining the band Cope on Amplified Radio. We're gonna sign out, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Say bye. Bye. Bye.